Hey there, I'm Melanie Reed, and this is the HR Mentor. I am very honored and grateful to be speaking to you today from the unceded, traditional, ancestral territories of the Tecumlips to Shequetmik people within Shequetmikulu. And I'm very thankful that I'm able to live, work, and play on these beautiful lands. Today we're talking about something that's been close to my heart for a long while now, but it's become more prevalent to me in the last few months. It also relates to last week's topic or last episode's topic about getting help with your HR job search. It's all about how you, my dear, dear emerging HR professionals, can better position yourselves to get that assistance that you need. This might be in the form of a reference from an experienced professional or a colleague or a former boss, or it could just be some guidance from mentors, friends, and family. In probably one of the most iconic movie scenes in North American pop culture, Jerry Maguire, played by Tom Cruise, is in the washroom with his client, played by Cuba Gooding Jr. And in this scene, the client is telling Jerry, his agent, what he needs from him and is giving him this long list. Now, when Jerry, in a very frustrated state, says, help me, help you, Jerry is expressing some of the same frustration that I've had over some encounters with people looking for assistance. When Jerry says, help me help you, his point is that what his client needs to do is show up in a way that would help the agent get him what he wants. Now, I'm not an agent and I'm not helping people get multi-million dollar contracts. But what I want to talk about today is about how you can do the same thing. You want an HR job, you want an amazing career, you want a reference, a referral, some advice, but you don't help the person who you're asking for help from so that they can give you what you need. So what I want you to do is help them help you. Help the people you're asking for help from do their best to give you what you need. And in my experience, there are four key ways that I think you can do this. So if you're a job seeker or even further along in your career, these tips will be instrumental to your success. They aren't difficult or complicated and they will probably seem obvious to you when you hear them, but so many people ignore them. And when you do, it will be so much harder to get the help that you need. So help them help you. Let's get started. Welcome to the HR Mentor Podcast, the podcast for emerging HR practitioners to get practical advice, tools, and strategies to build credibility, confidence, and ultimately a fulfilling HR career. As a professor and someone who engages with students outside of the classroom, I often receive requests for help, advice, and references, especially from current students and former students. I'm thrilled to help whenever I can, but sometimes it can be a little tricky. There might not be enough lead time or enough information to provide an answer. And this can be frustrating because I feel like I'm letting people down, which I don't like, 
but I also worry that students are not setting themselves up for success in other interactions and requests with other people. Now, in my upcoming online course, the HR Career Accelerator, participants have to reach out to their network and friends and family to complete all of the exercises. Getting feedback and working on building a network are essential elements of a job search and for career development. But often those people who get asked to help don't get enough information from you to give them the help you're asking for. So today we're going to talk about four ways that you can help others help you in your job seeking and career journey. Now the first one, probably my biggest frustration, is giving people enough lead time. When you're asking for help, it is so important to provide enough lead time. Imagine this, you're at the bakery and you want a custom cake for tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow. Now, even if the baker wants to help you, it's pretty tough to deliver a quality cake on such short notice, right? People are busy, they're in meetings, and despite having smartphones, should not be expected to be tied to their email 24-7. A baker has other orders and other deadlines that they have to meet. We all get a lot of emails and texts, and sometimes it's overwhelming to respond to them all. So expecting people to get back to you instantly and on top of it be available to help you is pretty unrealistic in today's day and age. I have many students reach out after a final interview for a job, and usually they're asking for a reference. And often they're expecting me to provide it that very day. Two minutes after they ask me to be a reference or two minutes after the email comes in, I will get an email request for the, from the company or a voicemail from the recruiter asking for the reference. Uh, sorry, but I'm probably busy right in that very instance. Plus, in a lot of cases, I haven't even agreed to be a reference in advance for this particular person, which is sort of a separate issue. But despite wanting to help them, because often it's students that I know well, it's really tough for me to provide a detailed, thoughtful reference on such short notice. And again, I may not be at my desk, I might be teaching a class, I might be on vacation, whatever it is, but expecting somebody to respond in that short of a timeline is not going to get you what you need. If you know you'll be needing a reference or assistance, reach out at least a couple of weeks in advance. Now, maybe you don't know if you're going to need that person as a reference. You might not make it to the last round, but if you prepare them in advance that that could happen, then they can be ready for you. It'll give them ample time to think about their potential responses or prepare the reference. And it's really a good sign of respect for that person's time. It's also a really good idea to provide your referee with some information about the job and your work history. Most people don't know your whole work history or remember the dates that they even worked with you. So they might have to look it up if it's been a while. Better yet, if you know it, give it to them. <laughs> Let them know we worked together between, you know, 
2018 and 2020 at XYZ location. This way they can be prepared when they do get the call. Now you might remember that person or your professor and the classes you took with them, but if you're asking a professor for a reference or even somebody you worked with, they may have had 40 other people in the class they taught or they might supervise 20 other people. And if it was a few years ago, it's even tougher to remember. Just to give you an idea, as a professor, I teach on average over 120 people a semester. So that's a lot of people and it's a lot of grades. I'm very sorry, but I don't remember everybody's grade projects or even sometimes the semester that I taught them in. I might remember the person. I might remember in general what kind of a student they were, but I don't always remember those details. I have to look them up in my spreadsheets, which I only have at work. I don't have access to those remotely. So it takes me a little bit of time to get that information. Often when I'm asked for an academic reference or a work-related reference, they want to know that information. When did you know this person? How long did you interact with them? So whether it's your professor or not that you're asking for a reference from, give them enough time to find the information that they need so that they can respond to your reference in the best possible way. Give people time to help you and I promise you, you will get the best result. And if you have asked someone to be a reference in advance and you're nearing the end of the process, give them a heads up. So you might have asked them to be a reference six months ago and they're not really expecting to get a call any day for a reference check. So make sure that if you're going into a second interview, you give them a quick call or a message and let them know that you might be needing a reference and it might come up on short notice. So you can ask them if they're still willing and if they can help you out right now. But do that before you give the recruiter their name. It makes you look prepared and it increases your chances of getting the job because you'll get the reference. <laughs> So give people a lot of time. And it's not just with references, it's with any requests. If you give people a lot of time, you'll get better results. Now, the second thing is providing people with enough information to help you. When you're reaching out for help, whether it's advice, a reference, or something else, ensure you provide all the necessary information. It's very frustrating to receive a request from someone when they don't give you any context or information about the situation. As you may recall from your HR studies, the response to a lot of HR situations or challenges is often, it depends, because so much of how we respond depends on context. I've had people reach out to me looking for HR advice with very general information and no context. Sorry, I can't help you with that. Unless I know what is happening in the organization, how the situation arose, who's involved, and what some of the history is, I can't really give you a helpful answer. It's kind of like going to the doctor and telling them that you hurt, but without any more information. They can't heal you without knowing more than just you hurt. The same goes for job hunting advice. If you want someone's opinion on whether or not you should take a certain role and they have no context about the organization, the role, what your career and personal goals are, why you want this job, etc., they probably can't help you process that. 
I personally would also never tell someone if they should take a job or not. But what I can do and what other professionals or mentors can do to help you is give you some things to think about, but only if we have some information. And I have a couple of episodes that can also help you decide uh, if that's something that you're interested in. You can check out episode 27, Choosing the Right Job Offer, as well as episode 74, What's on the Table in an HR Job Offer. These are going to give you some guidance on what you should consider when you're choosing a new position. Of course, if you know yourself really well and what your goals are, that whole process is going to be so much easier and you probably won't need anyone's advice. But if you do, that's okay. Just give them some information so they can help you. Regardless of the reason you're reaching out to get advice, always, always, always include specific details about what you're asking for. If it's advice about a challenge, describe the situation, the players involved, and what you've tried so far. If it's a reference, give an overview of the role, what skills or experiences you'd like highlighted, and any relevant details about the application process. If it's something else, well, think about what you would need to know if you were getting asked for the same advice, guidance, or support. If you give people some information, they can help you. But if you don't give them any context, it's going to be very difficult for them. So give them lead time and give them some information and context so they can help you. The third one is to highlight past interactions. This is a really great way to help people help you. It's so important to jogging their memory and also giving them some more context for the situation. Just the other day, one of my former students reached out to ask for a reference to a master's program. Now, I've written a lot of reference letters for graduate studies for former students, um, but I need some information in order to do that in a meaningful way for them. Not because I don't know the students. I wouldn't write a reference letter if I didn't remember the student, but there's a lot of information that's needed in order to meet the needs of whatever the institution is. So this former student reached out and they gave me information about which classes they took with me and when, what they're doing now, and why they want to pursue a master's. They also provided some good context on why they thought I would be a good reference. It was perfect. Having some information about those past interactions is really helpful. I'm sorry, but so many of your profs and former bosses and colleagues who haven't seen you in a while and who are not on your Snapchat don't remember everything that you did together and when. Especially for those of us that are, that are getting a little bit older, we have less capacity to remember these small details. So giving them some hints as to how you interacted in the past is very helpful. This is especially important if you're reaching out to acquaintances you might have met at an event, a conference, or in a class. Mention a significant conversation or a project you worked on together or a specific experience you shared. This can really help establish rapport and reminds the person of your background and skills. At the very least, if you're reaching out to a former colleague or a prof, let them know when you spent time together. 
What I always love from students when I haven't heard from them in a while is when they reach out and say, you might not remember me, but I took these classes with you. These were the dates. I really enjoyed this project that we worked on. That's going to start to jog my memory. And then once I look up the student's name, if I don't directly recall them, that usually helps me. So this will make a huge difference. Regardless of how well you remember someone, you should assume they don't remember you. And I don't mean that in a harsh way. It doesn't mean you're not memorable. I'm sure you are. But if you go with that assumption, when you do prompt them and they say, oh, of course, I remember you, that's a lovely opportunity to open up the conversation and it's also going to boost your confidence. And if you haven't talked to them in a while, letting them know how you know them before you ask for help is also going to make it easier to make the request and to get a positive response. Of course, once you've provided some prompts on how you know them and given them some context and information, they're most likely to say yes if they have enough time. Okay, so give them enough lead time, give some context and information, and then give them some information about how you know each other. Highlight some past interactions that will help uh, jog their memory. My last tip is to show gratitude. Never underestimate the power of gratitude. Expressing sincere thanks regardless of the outcome really does leave a lasting impression. Even if someone says they can't help you, thank them for responding and for reading your message. Recently, I was not able to help a former student with a reference because, you guessed it, they didn't give me enough time. But once I did reply, they were still very gracious and appreciative. I really appreciated this. And they also were able to tell me that they were successful in getting the job so I could congratulate them and sort of celebrate with them. So it was a really great experience but they were appreciative even though I didn't have enough time to help them. Now you can send an email, a text, or even a handwritten note. I know, totally crazy. Grab a pack of note, uh, note cards, thank you cards, and a pen and write something in your own handwriting. It really does make a big impact. If the help that you received from somebody was more meaningful, a small token of appreciation in the form of a coffee card or something like that also goes a long way, especially if you're already in an HR role and more established in your career. It doesn't have to cost a lot. That's not the point. But small gestures go a long way. I recently mentored a former student and at our last meeting of the season, she gave me a small gift something I can leave on my desk as a memento. And when I look at it, it makes me smile because we had a lovely time together and it was nice that she was appreciative of my time. Listen, you don't have to break the bank to thank someone, okay? Whatever fits for you, just make sure that you do that if you're asking for any sort of help from someone. Most people expect nothing in return, but it's always nice to be appreciated for your time. Whether it's an email, a handwritten note, or even a quick phone call, always express that gratitude. It goes a really long way in your relationship building. And every interaction you have with somebody is a chance to either build, establish, or reinforce an existing relationship. 
by giving enough lead time, providing the right amount of information, highlighting past interactions and showing gratitude, you are going to make it so much easier for others to help you. It's also not just about asking for help, but also making the process smooth for those people you're reaching out to. Help them help you, and you'll both feel good at the end of the interaction. Now, as always, I want to thank you for listening. Your support of this podcast and my work means the world to me. And if you would like to show your love for the podcast, please don't be shy. Click the subscribe button wherever you're listening. It's totally free. And while you're there, leave a rating and a review because this is what helps other people find the show and get the support and advice that might help them with their HR career. And if you don't want to go it alone with your HR job search, be sure to get on the waitlist for the HR Career Accelerator. It's eight modules and over 45 video lessons, yes, 45, that will take you from being a job seeker to a job offer. You can find the link in the show notes to sign up on the waitlist wherever you're listening. You'll also find links to the episodes I mentioned in the episode and other ways that we can connect. Thank you so much for your time. Take care. Bye for now.